0: 200 episodes. This is the week where we are celebrating 200 episodes. I have no idea how we got here, but definitely couldn't have been without you. And in honor of incredible, incredible authors and people who have done great work, we want to make this week all about reviewing, going through the books. I think those were the best episodes that a lot of people have talked about. So we're going to replay episode on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, each one of these days or for one of the book reviews that we have done in the last 200 episodes. So enjoy.
1: You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. Here we go. Welcome back to the Flip My Funnel podcast. My name is James Carberry. I'm one of the producers of the show. We're here today with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sangram Vajray. Sangram, how are you doing today, man?
0: I am good. Dude, I got to ask you this question uh, before you ask me any questions. Do you actually, how do you come up with that voice? Because I've got people asking me, like, hey, <laughs> is that James' uh, voice podcast, or is that normally how he talks? And uh, that is,
1: that have- is all natural, baby.
0: <laughs> it's oh, pretty cool, sure. now. Uh, you make it sound professional.
1: I have a uh, I have a face for radio, and uh, fortunately, I've got a voice for one too. So, uh, <laughs> so it, it works out, man. So, uh, so, so Sigrid, we are going to be talking about Daniel Pink's book "To Sell Is Human" today, and we've got five things that we're going to talk about. But before before we dive into that kind of give us, give us your kind of high-level overview on on this book, why you think you know every person on the planet should, be, sh- should read it.
0: Dude, I think that to, to be human is like the new cool thing to say and it's hard to do. Um, so we say, yeah, we're all humans, we're selling to humans, so we should act like humans as if it's such a foreign topic and, and e- even though we're, 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 we're all humans. So I feel like in this book, Uh, he really tried to crystallize like, well, what does that truly mean? And and gives really amazing examples and stories. And if you've ever read any of Daniel Pink's book, uh, I'm a huge fan. It has a lot of data, a lot of history, a lot of details in it. So it gives you not only this idea and philosophy, but he backs it up with some data and works with professors uh, like Adam Grant and others. So so I feel it, it is a really good book. If you think that selling is a salesperson's job and not a job of a marketer, not a job of a leader, not a job of a uh, anybody, he proves the point that 99% of if not 100% of us are selling something every single day. And to me, that was what was really, really good for me to kind of really learn and recognize we, when we think selling is the job of a salesperson. Well, guess what? We all are selling something every day. It might be an idea. It might be trying to get a vacation trip plan. You're trying negotiating. I, I do that with my wife all the time. Well, if you do this, <laughs> can I have this? So yeah. we are trying to sell and negotiate every single day.
1: No, I totally agree. So this, this first concept from the book that we're going to talk about is this idea of customer in the room. Can you talk to us about this one?
0: Yeah, man, I I listened to to this, uh, this part, uh, I think on other uh, podcasts or events. So, uh, but it never made a home like, yeah, customers should always be front and center. We all have talked about or thought about customer obsessed culture, customer centric culture, customer, customer, customer. And it's, it's all sounds really, really good. And until how do you, how do you manifest that in a real conversation, in a real boardroom, in a real meeting? And a lot of times, the customer is actually not sitting in the room. So he comes up with this. Uh, he, he shares this story, and it's true that Jeff Bezos, obviously most people know he is the CEO of yeah. Amazon. He has an empty chair in his office in his meetings every single time. So. The way he is always making sure everybody, not only him, but everybody in the team that having a meeting knows they always keep a chair and it's an empty chair. And that is a significant um, way of showing that, hey, look, we're going to always have a chair or a voice or a thought with customer in mind. So anytime we derail ourselves or go in a different direction or tangent, we all can ask this question. What would our customer say? What would this person whose chair is for Is that going to help them, or are we serving them? And I think that was just a great way to frame how do you manifest something like that in a day to day activity.
1: Mm, Yeah, I love it. I love the um, that that idea of actually creating space in your office uh, to to focus on the customer to to remind you of the customer. Really, uh, I I think is uh, is a really valuable lesson. This next piece that we're going to talk about is this idea of the future customer. Uh, keeping the future customer in mind. Talk to us about this one.
0: Yeah. um, This is something that I've talked about in the last one where, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really trying for people to, to stop using the word prospect. And it was really exciting. If anybody would have listened to Jill Raleigh's podcast, where she talks about the, that the marketing's future is engagement. Uh, I think it's a fascinating podcast. You should listen to, to it uh, when you get a chance, uh, just flip over to a couple couple of episodes and you will find it. She she really also makes this point, and I'm so glad she did. She's like, nobody likes to be prospected. Tell me a yeah. single person who, who likes to be like, hey, I'm going to prospect you or I'm going to target you. So those yeah. words are just kind of kind of really puts a negative spin on everything we're doing. And, and this idea of focusing on the future customer is how I'm trying to have everybody at Terminus think about, let's just talk about how are we selling to customers and how are we selling to future customers and how does that really pull together? So he, he really makes a really, really uh, distinct way and he really puts out there and say, hey, if you really want to think about your customer and if you're really trying to create a message out there in the marketplace for your customer, think about it this way. Think about your future customer as someone who is 300 years old and has no idea about any of the stuff that's happening in today's technology or anything like that. And if that is the case, how would you explain your product or your service or your problem or your solution, whatever that is? Imagine talking to someone who is 300 years old or you're literally trans. You know, going to like 300 years before and, and trying to explain to this person like, hey, look, we have this new technology that does this. Like, how would you explain it? And if, if you're able to do that uh, in, in a very good way, know that you have a very clear, very simple and most importantly, something that people can remember message and, and really think about the customer in mind. So I, I thought that was just a fascinating way to think about it.
1: Yeah, I I think in you know and I after we did our episode last Wednesday, I actually remember being at lunch and I was I was talking and I am very accustomed to saying the term, oh yeah, one of our prospects or all oh, meeting with one of our prospects and actually thought about your, you know, hey, like, I I don't like calling them prospects, I like calling them future customers and and I th- so it it impacted me you know very shortly after you and i talked and just thinking like oh man if i even as i'm talking about it to other people saying future customer instead of prospect uh, it 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 humanizes them in a different way they're not they're not just an object of you know a deal i'm trying to close they're they're a future customer that, that i really think we can serve and and it it there's this subtle like change of mindset um that i think can help actually drive the the proper action that will make somebody want to work with you, uh, as opposed to, oh, I'm prospecting, I'm just throwing them into my list of 100 other accounts that I'm quote unquote prospecting today. I think you you naturally want to be uh, more personalized, more more human. To go back to the, the name of of Daniel's book that we're talking about, uh, it, by thinking about them in, in terms of future customers. So I love that you brought this up. This third this third idea we're going to talk about is becoming a great curator. Now I I hear this term a lot in terms of kind of curating content. Explain to us what you mean what, what you mean here, Sanger.
0: Yeah. So, you know, when you think about being a great curator, a lot of people think that they have to have all original ideas. They have to have, um, they have to always come up with something brilliant or smart. Um, But if you really think about it, that's not what you need. You, You know, in many ways, that may actually hurt you to come up with the best ideas in the world what you some what you really need in many ways is to make sure that you have all the best ideas in the room in order to make an effective decision so just like on this podcast i'm not sharing any of the ideas these are none of my ideas i'm actually getting inspired just talking about it so imagine if you as a curator what would you do to to bring the right kind of information together so so as an example um, this this is something that i uh, i've been trying to do a lot more lately is okay I don't know the answer to this question. I'm literally saying that more often than not. But what if we all took the next week to kind of research what are the things that we could do and then come back? Sometimes I might have an idea and I might know what we're going to do, but I would not try to do that. I would literally hold myself back, let other people collaborate, bring them, let them bring the ideas and always collective genius is bigger genius than, than your own individual. So he really makes the point that as a salesperson or as a marketer, your job is not to just be the person who has all the ideas of the smartest person in the room. Your job actually is to truly be a great curator and help and be a guide, be a facilitator and, and a great curator in the process. So I thought, you know, if if, I, if somebody's a salesperson or a marketer listening to this right now, I want to challenge them thinking about this when they write a blog or when they're on a sales call. What are, what are we really trying to do? Are we trying to answer every or solve every problem that your customer has? Or are we really trying to help them think through that? And would that help them be a better marketer or salesperson? I I think that is such an an important way to think about it. So when, when Daniel Pink really goes and deeps in it, he says, think about these three things. Seek great information. Sense what 's really happening as opposed to you no know, they really sense what 's really happening and then share back to them exactly what you heard and I feel like that's just what what we all want to do as humans right? We all want to be heard, we all want to be felt, we all want to know that other people care, so this whole principle around seek, sense, and share is something that can help you be a really amazing curator
1: love it, I love it all right this fourth point that we 're going to talk about. Is asking better questions. Uh, this is something I'm super passionate about, but would love to to hear your your take on how Daniel talks about this in the book.
0: Matt, he really nails this one. I think we have heard this, and this gets to the annoying part of having kids. Uh, so, so I have, I have a seven year uh, old old uh, son, Chris, and he would just you know he would have a ton of why questions, right? He would say. Well, why? Why is the you know why is that car faster? Or why? Or why can't we just fly? Or why can't we just do certain things? And it, those are amazing questions. And after some time, you just want to say, "Shut up!" And that's because <laughs> I said stuff, so, right? And we have this tendency. And I, 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 I'm just honest about this. Like I, I have those moments. But, but he really dives deep into. It. He's like, "Hey, look, the best way to find out, um, and, and the real answer, the real reasoning, before you you want to sell something, if you really want to figure out." Out if this person is going to buy from you or this, prop, this thing that you're trying to sell is going to really solve their problem, you need to go deeper and ask five whys. And if you ask them five times why, he pretty much guarantees that you will know exactly if this person is going to ever buy from you or have business from it. But he he really, he cautions us that there is an art to this. Don't just say, why, 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 why? I mean, that would annoy the heck out of the other person. But if you can be, you know, intelligent about your asking of why, you can actually figure out what is the real emotion behind that problem that you're trying
1: to solve. Yeah, it makes it makes perfect sense, and I think so. There's so many lost opportunities because you just didn't go that one level deeper um, to to really figure out of the the why behind whatever it is that has either brought them if, if they're an inbound lead for you. Uh, really getting deep to figure out okay, what what made you come to us? Uh, but more importantly, I think from an, from an outbound perspective, uh, the the more you can. Understand kind of the the root issue that you know that your product or your your service can solve. Um, uh, Understanding getting them to understand like asking that, forcing them to like think about it themselves. Because I think a lot of times people don't people don't necessarily think about it unless they're prompted with a question, unless they're asked. And so uh, that that makes perfect sense. This last piece we're going to talk about Sangram is this idea of not upselling but upserving. Talk to us about that.
0: Matt, I love this one. I, I think it's, the same, it's in the same way of things as calling people prospects. Nobody likes to be prospect, prospected or nobody likes to be targeted. And the same way nobody tries to upsell it. Uh, he, he talks about an example where he went to a website and then he clicked on a link where he already had bought a product from them. And then the next page that he clicks on goes to it. It says, uh, whatever the name of the website is, slash upsell right? So, you know, yeah. you can think, you know, uh, emotionally, he's like, okay, so they're just trying to upsell me. Of course, it happens all the time. We all are on Amazon or all these different places and, and people are upselling. If you're in B2B, we all know that, you know, we, we, the way to grow business is not to just focus on your existing customers with their own existing business. you are constantly to help them be better by selling them professional services or by giving them add-on products or add-on services, whatever that might be. But he, he really makes a point, like if you really want to sell as human, if you really want to do that, you want to think about what you do is observing that the new service that you're offering them, the new thing that you're uh, coming up with, whatever it might be, is going to serve them better. And, and just changing that mindset, as you said, I love that you applied that future customer mindset. It literally changes how we would think about it. So if you are in marketing and sales today and you, you're trying to, to talk to someone and you're, you wanna quote unquote upsell them, think about upserving, what would this do? So as an example, maybe the email that you send out to them is about, hey, I just noticed you're doing so-and-so, which means they, that you can upsell them. Here is something that you can do that can help you do this even better. Or here's something that you can have that will help you save two hours in your day. Whatever that thing is going to do or give you more insights into your services product or your future customers, whatever that is. If you just literally apply, is like, if I'm up-serving them, we're actually offering more service to my existing customer, you actually will get rid of the guilt of selling. And you would start thinking about yourself as like, man, I'm actually making them better, smarter, hero, whatever that is. So, so I think these small changes, thinking about prospect to future customers or upselling to up uh, upserving, or just being a better curator and asking questions. I think all of these things really make you empathize with the other person because they are doing so much. They're working all day long. You need, We need to empathize with them. So I think this book is incredibly beautiful for anybody who's thinking about selling, marketing and thinking about that, not just from a day-to-day tactical activities, but the fact that each and every one of us is selling something every single day.
1: Nope. I uh, I remember I remember reading this book a while ago and and this is this is making me wanna go back and read it again. Singham, is there is there anything else related to this topic that, that you think listeners should know before I let you go today?
0: Man, I think if there's one takeaway from this, it would be find a find a chair, find a chair like thing in your company for for your customer, and I think that will change the conversation because keeping your customer front and center sounds really awesome, but it's really hard to do. But what we can literally follow along what Jeff Bezos is doing at Amazon, and we can see what that company is doing as well. I think too many times you forget that and we just, it just becomes a great marketing pitch or a good border plate in your press release that we are a customer-centric uh, organization. But if you truly believe in it, find a way to put a customer in every office, in every, every place so that you are subconsciously thinking about that. And I believe that will change the way you do business.
1: Love it. Awesome, Sanger. Well, thank you again so much for your time. If you have not already left a review on the podcast, that I was just looking last night. We've got 230 reviews on this show, which is just wow. insane to me because I've been we've been doing our podcast for. Over two years now, and we don't have 230 reviews, so I need to step up my review game on our own show. Uh, but if you have not already joined the crowd, clearly 230 people have already done it. So head over to head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a review, tell us what you think of the show, uh, and uh, and and we will be back tomorrow with another episode of Flip My Funnel.